This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Ramya. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. You can do it. You can just settle on back and enjoy our Friday edition of the program. Kelly McDonald here with... Brock Richardson. He's spending time down there in Kitchener along with us today as we get into our live and AMI audio. Wherever you are who are familiar to the networks, know that you are the sports guy around the network. You're host of the Neutral Zone. You produce the program. You go on now with Dave Brown in the mornings, talk a little sports. I want to hit the fact that today is NHL trade deadline. No, no, no. Those who aren't interested in knowing anything about that, wait a sec. I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. I promise. We did a great talk yesterday on it. But, Brock, I know as a aspiring broadcaster when I was a, I was a kid, I remember my family say, oh, we're going to do this on... No, no, I can't. Why? Well, it's trade deadline day. Kelly, you can catch up on that later on in the evening on sports on the news. No, no. No interest in that. What you need to understand, Mom, Dad, I want to watch how the networks handle it. As an aspiring broadcaster, that was a big thing to me that... Nobody really understood, Brock. Jeff Ryman and I were talking about this yesterday and kind of relating to it as broadcast students and people who are always interested in that element of broadcasting, not just to play-by-play, not just color commentary, but the hosts sitting there and doing their business on trade deadline day, especially when there wasn't, and today we were talking to Nick Alberga yesterday about there isn't a lot of potential deals. They've been done. So as an aspiring broadcaster, can you relate to what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. It's one thing to say, oh, I can catch the uh, the highlights and they'll tell you, oh, we made X number of deals today. The thing is, is they go more in depth. When you get the highlights, you have to cut it down. You don't get the deep anal- analysis, as I say that uh, in English, um, but you don't get the deep analysis that you can get uh, when you um, – get it live and in person yes. because they have to cut it down. And when they cut it down, that diminishes the product because everything's got to finish in, in a certain length of time. And when they've got, you know, eight, 10 hours of broadcast time, there's a lot of time to fill uh, when there's only so far in and around seven trades as we sit here just after 2 PM Eastern time. And we all know doing live programming, you're kind of just working with what you have at the mere moment and I don't want to say ad-libbing the whole way. You have things in front of you to call upon. You have somebody in your ear saying, hey, we're going to go to this. And there's so many packages they've put together, in essence, to kind of counterbalance. But I always found, right. for me, that kind of stuff real fascinating as an aspiring broadcaster. So I'm speaking to you guys out there who are probably today putting up your hands saying, yes, Kelly, I hear you. Let's take a look at what we've got today coming up on our program for you. There's an alternative to Twitter on the horizon. John Beeler will give us the details shortly in his app update. Gardner Susan Kearney gives us part two of Plant Family and their surprising relatives. Mm. 
I missed part one, so excited to, to hear what she's got to say. And on the program, Overdrive has now formally removed their app from the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. Ryan Huey has more for us on the Chatty Bookshelf. That'll be an hour two of Kelly and Rumya. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I guess, simply put, we should just call it a sign of the times. What was a must for well-dressed movers out there and shakers is going away. It was once a tradition for busy businessmen and women taking a quick break for a shoe shine. Well, now the practice is losing some of its luster, exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic, remote working, and the popularity of more casual workwear. The rag-toting shoe shiner, often a mainstay in office buildings and at mass transit stations, is becoming more of a rarity, and many stands are disappearing across the country. SC Johnson, which makes the shoe polish brand Kiwi, says it's planning to stop selling the brand in the United Kingdom due to a drop in demand. Daria Albinger, ABC News. So I remember my dad having the shoe shine kit. I remember sitting down on the floor next to the you know, big piece of newspaper he'd put down so that he could shine his shoes and him say, Kel, give me a hand here. And he'd, of course, let me help. And it was like strong smelling stuff. But it was so fun, these little cans with the, with the polish. And just that reminder, don't put too much on. The University of Western Ontario here in London used to do fundraising at the beginning of the school year. All these students would be out at Shinerama. And that was always a, a mainstay uh, as we got into that week after Labor Day in London, where they were out fundraising everywhere, shining everything, your dress shoes, your sneakers, tip of your nose if you told them to. It was just really something. Brock, younger, you probably kind of like this is like, uh, what tradition? What shining of shoes? No, I, when I, in the airport was the place that I used to see it uh... when I would travel. And I never got it done because I always thought to myself, why would you need to shine your shoes until I did the my my wedding day and I was like oh this is a good time to shine the shoes so you know my father-in-law uh did that for me but until then it was just kind of like this novelty that you kind of looked at and went why would you do that at least for me anyway but yeah <laughs> well and especially I'm sure in the times when it was so popular you know you'd, you'd be walking in different conditions especially out here in the north the east and that where you had your snow to deal with and people still stopping uh, downtown at their office buildings and getting it done so uh, sorry yeah. to see that go when I think about it uh, it's what a throwback when you talk about shoe shining but we're not doing throwback at the moment. We're going to bring as much information to you as we can on the program. We'll step aside for a couple of moments. And in next, pr producer, reporter Grant Hardy is going to be with us. And he's going to bring us the latest tech, health, lifestyle, and some accessibility. We get into our conversation with him in two minutes. Stand by. Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Ramya will be right back. here to swing open the gateway to your weekend and bring you a lot of great information some fun some laughs so thanks for being with us for the friday edition brock richardson joining me kelly mcdonald here on the program and of course many of our guests and wonderful conversation ahead you want to check out the repeats of the show remember 10 p.m eastern time ami audio and ami tv and uh, overnight on ami tv at 1 a.m in the morning wherever you are listening in around the world appreciate you being with us so hang in Got lots ahead. Kelly McDonald with Brock Richardson. It's time to flip through some headlines with producer Grant Hardy. Let's bring him on. 
Hey, I'm Grant Hardy, and welcome to the Headlines segment. I tackle everything from health and lifestyle to accessibility and tech. I have it all right here on Kelly and Ramia. Hello, Grant. How are you? Hey, folks. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing on this Friday? Feeling your weekend coming up fast? Indeed, indeed. Fridays are always good for that. What do you well, got here, for us? Today? We're also looking at that. We've got weather being a, a rearing its head, but you guys have had weather kind of rearing its head too lately around there, haven't you? Out in Vancouver. Well, you guys would laugh at us, I'm sure, if you if you saw it. But yeah, we 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 ain't ready for the snow and cold weather at all. It completely shuts down our city, our transit, <laughs> our you know indoor and outdoor activities. The whole thing, we just can't handle it. So <laughs> well, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I don't know. Well, he don't know. I think you're probably right. It's something you're not used to. We're here in Southwest Ontario. When we get hit by it, Brock just figures out, okay, well, I guess I should go to a place a kilometer closer for dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right. That's, that's me. Yeah. Yeah, when I, when I used to travel to uh, Vancouver, uh, when I was in my athletic career for Bocce, they had a uh, what they called a major snowstorm, which was I think for them it was about five to ten centimeters. And like oh, yeah, they right, right, they didn't they didn't have the, everything shut down. We couldn't practice. We couldn't like it. And and it's just because they're just not familiar with it. And it was crazy to be around. And they just kind of freeze and kind of go, uh oh, we got to <laughs> shut down. Oh, yeah, you get to three centimeters, and it's like, oh, crap, our buses can't run. Yeah, insane. And then do you, do you have the actual snow removal stuff? Like, I know you have stuff, but oh. I mean, a lot of time, it's how many machines. But they love to tell us how many sanders and salters and, and sidewalk snow removers and plows we have here. But I think about places that barely get snow, they're not going to spend that same money on budget and equipment. No. Yeah. like Eventually, when they get around to it. <laughs> no. Uh, Well, we may not be super proactive about that, but we are being pretty proactive about something else, which is my first headline here. It turns out that prescription contraception will soon be free in BC. The province actually became the first in Canada to uh, unveil this as part of its 2023 budget. Uh, The move actually has groups in other provinces excited and hopeful the same will happen across the country, including in Ontario, where only uh, young uh, adults or people covered under certain insurance can get access to it for free. Now, there's a group uh, that um, has been really advocating for this, uh, and they actually formed during the pandemic, and uh, they found that people... As a result of the pandemic, uh, people were finding that their contraceptions were actually too expensive. It was uh, something that they were maybe cutting out. Uh, And as advocates point out, there is quite a lot of benefit to everybody for having free contraception, including uh, people. Uh, There are some really antiquated things that I never even would have thought of, for example, like people actually having to go to possibly their abusive uh, 
partners because they're on those people's insurance uh, or, you know, not wanting to maybe let their families know about it. Also, apparently it does not actually increase uh, risky sexual activity at all uh, and tends to benefit society more. So the Ontario Health Association hasn't really answered questions asked by the Toronto Star about whether this move is going to expand to Toronto and other provinces. Mm-hmm. But people are really hoping that yep. we'll follow BC's lead. It sounds it sounds like uh, uh, how great would it be to enter into an era where we can escape antiquated practices surrounding birth control and maybe have access to all of our medication for free it it really seems like contraception is one of those things that we take for granted and it's just like oh it's available at your local store just go and pick it up but then as you pointed out the cost is the thing that you know uh gets people a lot on this and i think it's 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 tough for young young individuals even those that are a bit older it's just tough to just say okay i'm just going to go buy it without realizing the cost that's associated with it so i love this and i think other provinces should get on board with this as well i i like your point grant very much so or the items point that i think we always as we talk about canada always reacts and Instead of being proactive, sometimes we react to things. And this is one of those areas, well, no, no, we don't want to make it available because then people will get careless and be abusing it and not, you know, and, and, and we'll have more problems of people going out and being promiscuous and so on. Well, the, the problem that we have is other huge problems, whether someone's going to do that or not, we can't control whether you make it free or not. Um, but for so many people who want to be careful, that's where we want to be care. We want to make sure that things are in place so that people are knowledgeable and, and, and safe. But I love the idea, as we were speaking on the show the other day, about the possibilities of more medications and that being available at decent prices so that people aren't skipping getting them because, well, i got to eat this month or I've got to pay this bill, so what can wait is my, my, my medications or, in this case, proper contraceptives in, in the sense of, or birth control, or the, the medications people need. And it should never yeah. be a choice between medication versus food. Like, yeah, exactly. medication oh. is given because... You, you need that for your body and without it, you could be really putting yourself at a, at a you know, disadvantage or risky situation. So it should never be a choice between should I get food or medication? I remember I uh, being, I think, a teenager and finding out that something so basic is something that you actually had to go and make an appointment and see your doctor to receive and possibly pay for. And I remember just being totally shocked by this. Like, wow, this seems so antiquated. Like, I feel like as a society, we maybe should be doing better than this. Uh, I don't know. I guess everything kind of has a reason, but like, I I, I mean, that's got to be a barrier for people too, to just have to, you know, explain themselves to some yep. stranger, their do- their parents, doctor, whatever. But but at least that cost is the the massive barrier that's yeah. going. And, down and I mean, definitely education is is got to be there so people 
think twice about doing you know certain things and and, and taking chances or being reckless you obviously don't want to encourage anything like that but if you treat people as adults and the only way you can do that is giving them access to the right information as youths adults so that maybe we can we we can give people the moment that they stop and say I'll make the right choice here or and whatever I'm, it might be and i'm not sure it's fair to say kelly to your earlier point well if we make this free then it's just going to go crazy yeah well the other side of it is if we don't then we could just have a big boom in population because but that's what it, the problem is it's this this attitude that all, all the people who are careless are going to be careless whether you make it free or not in my opinion okay they, they, they that's if that's what's going to go on but like you say brock and like i said a while ago you've got to put things in place to protect people and to allow people who do know better who do have i don't want to say the education because we all can use education and, and knowledge before we make our steps or before we do anything and i think that's that's the big point if you know and you have access and it's not going to break the piggy bank you know, or, or these yeah. things are going to be available. But we worry so much about, well, if we do that, if we let Brock do that, he's going to get silly. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From, from like not to make it too political, but from what from from what I've heard and, and my understanding is like we do really like a society to put blame and judgment yes. on a, a lot yes. of people, mainly women, of course unfortunately but there's like there's no right or wrong here in terms of like being quote unquote too you know uh, promiscuous or, or whatever but i think the bottom line is having access to birth control and education yes. and like That's all it. of those resources is really gonna make it the biggest difference in people's lives and we're a progressive country this shouldn't even, this should, like you said, Grant, let's get out of that antiquated era where, yeah. you know, the answer is, well, don't make things too easy. It's not a case of that. Or don't try to shut people. Make people have to make adult and reasonable decisions and, and carry forward. Thank you, sir. Great. Thank you. Um, all right. I know we're running short for time here, but a new research to be presented at the American College of Cardiology's annual scientific uh, session uh, prevents, presents some stats on sleep and health and the best chance we have to extend our life. So it turns out that the ideal sleep duration is seven to eight hours a night, which a grand total of 65% Canadians age 18 to 64 get. That's not a huge uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, amount. Also, other risk factors are if you have trouble falling asleep more than two times a week, like doesn't um trouble staying asleep more than two times a week not uh using any sleep medication and not feeling well rested after waking up five times a week hmm maybe i need to do something about this um so if if you are experiencing any of these symptoms which i just reading over them like, these are the most general things in the world if well, you're Grant's not gonna finish up here and say i've got to get this checked yeah, out Bye, guys. i gotta get off the air guys um i mean if anyone's not experiencing them i just want to say that you're a true hero if you are like it might be 
good to get to your doctor or figure out some other way of getting a better uh, night's sleep, whether it's more exercise or uh, whatever you need to do to get a more healthy sleep. Grant, I've got to be honest, as you were going through that list, I'm sitting over here and I'm thinking, yep, yep, yeah, check, check. So, like, you're not the only one in this that's going, after 4 o'clock, I might be calling my doctor and just be like, so, yeah. Because, I mean, you were saying, like, if it happened, if you are having trouble more than, you know, two times a week, I'm like, yeah. two times a week, I might get lucky and, you know, fall asleep and be fine. It's, it's more like the reverse of this is, is my problem. So I, I'm right there with you, Grant. I, I right. totally... Well, there you go. That was supposed to be my light item for today, but I think I've got us all thinking. So yeah, I got up today and I'm just... Yeah, I'm just like, I am tired today, man. I got up today and I'm like, I'm tired. So I got to do something here. Oh <laughs> yeah. uh, well, well, you know, I, I I figure when we take the break and come back, I'll be here alone because you two will be on your phone. Doc, do you have an appointment for me anytime <laughs> soon, like today? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about you, Kelly? You you seem pretty like energetic all the time. Are you like? Do you ever have trouble sleeping? Or I, I'm not a big sleep, sleep person. I hate sleep, um, and I <laughs> I really have always hated it, and have always been. I, I I try to get more sleep now because I'm that one that worries about oh cardio cardio cardiac. I don't want any problems, so I'll do cardios to help my cardiac situation <laughs> in just in case. Um, but yeah, no, Grant, I've I've always been a person who relatively has that energy and isn't affected. I only know now you need more sleep because medically they say so. Yeah. All right. Well, coming up after the break, there will be no one left. We'll all be making phone calls. Thanks, Grant. As always, great <laughs> stuff. And you left me thinking, that's for sure. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Grant, Grant Hardy joins us on Wednesdays and Fridays for the latest headlines. And he'll be back Adios. later in the program for Cut for Time. On the other side of the break, John Beeler will be here by himself because apparently we'll all be on the phone. There's an alternative to Twitter on the horizon. He fills us in after this. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. Richardson's joining me today on the program. Welcome back to Kelly and Ramya. Appreciate your time, of course, more than anything, wherever you're listening in around the world. Yes, folks, we did come back. So are you really that disrupted sleeper? Like that much, I mean? Oh, yeah. Like any movement, like my cats literally woke me up out of a dead sleep this morning because they were running around. Like it's, I am the lightest sleeper on planet Earth. Like it is not good. That's got to be tough. And always have been like that? Not always. No, I would say within the last, you know, since I, in my early 20s, so I'm 30, 32 now. And I would say since my early 20s, I've always been a tough sleeper. And people, my parents used to say, well, that's because you have a fear of missing out. And I don't know that that's true anymore. So, Mm. Yeah, as a kid, you know, you, everybody will say, well, you have more carefree time. You're not going to have those problems. But of course you have problems. Of course you have disruptions your sleep because you're worried about something going to happen tomorrow or, or whatever. Then as you get messing around older, even younger, you, you get weird food habits, weird things that you do before bed, uh, or you wake up in the middle of the night with things on your mind. I'm, you know, there's yep. so many different reasons, and it all translates to 
you know, what, what can you do to discourage that from happening? So, I'm and it sure can be so simple. Secrets. It can be so simple as sleep. Like we, uh, we take sleep as a, oh, that's just something we do, but it truly can be, you know, to, to make yourself better. It truly can be just get a little more sleep. Be tired. That's the thing, right? And I think Grant said it, just keep yourself busy with different things. So you are tired when you go to bed and, and try as much as possible. Keep the mind clear. Let's welcome in for our app update, John Beeler. Hi, I'm John Bueller, technology expert from Vancouver. Join me on Kelly and Ramya, where I share the latest app, mobile, and tech news. Everything from accessibility and product launches to privacy and security. We cover the gamut. Always uh, want to take care of you, John, and we're doing so today. I understand you're not too far away from Brock, nor I, closer to Brock at the moment. So from my understanding, um, dinner's on at 5.30 in the Richardson household. So help yourself. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> nice I'm to have you over. back. Hope you. I hope you're having a good uh, trip on the road. Everything good? Yeah. Although we're supposed to get a big snowstorm well. tonight, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we we were just joking with Grant about that, and here you go, going from BC, saying, "Yeah, okay, let's see what they do." And this is what we do to you. Sorry about that, but uh, yeah, shortly headed your way. Let's talk about Jack Dorsey. Um, got an alternative to Twitter coming, and, and again, we've talked about some of this stuff with Elon Musk and his different moves, and I know myself, not a person who's all set to jump to some other platform, but fill us in what we're looking at here. Well, as you as you mentioned, Jack Dorsey is the creator of Twitter. He left, Elon Musk took over, and now he's back with a new, very similar platform called Blue Sky. It's currently in private beta, and it's actually going to function quite a lot like Mastodon. It's going to be a decentralized or a federated social network. So it remains to be seen how you know interesting this will be to people. But they have a number of you know kind of interesting uh, ideals for the project. What I'm really curious about, though, um, you know, they want to have account portability. It's going to be algorithmic, so you're going to see people's uh, content that you know the algorithm decides. Performance and interoperability. So the idea is that these can work across different networks. But this still feels really similar to Twitter, very similar to Mastodon. So how is this going to be actually any different to be determined? Mm. Is it? Do you think we're trying to cap, capitalize on the fact that people don't like the moves Elon Musk made with Twitter, have just decided, I'm not going to be a part of that. And a lot of us in the disability world, we don't want any part of it because, hey, what, where's the accessibility department? We don't know any other rivals, Mastodon or, or um, Blue Skies. It, it, will they have an accessibility department? But for other people, it's just, hey, I'm not liking what's happening here. What's an alternative to me? So do you think with the feel of this being more like Twitter, that's what a lot of us would move towards because if we're going to make a move? I, I wouldn't think so, just because it comes from the same place that it came from with Jack's involvement. Mm -hmm. um, so it's one of those things that it, it remains to be seen how people will uptake it. There has to be some compelling reason. And social yeah. media users are a pretty fickle bunch. So they're going to go where the cool kids go. Yeah. I, I just really find it interesting because of the the learning stuff. And I wondered... 
how much Twitter is this one of those things that those who, well, I just use it for what I use it for and, and whatever. I mean, yeah, people who really enjoy their social media, they don't mind learning or will go out and have both, you know, or, or, or two or three, uh, an account on e each service for their, for their own reasons. So it's, it's going to be fascinating, John. Um, yourself, you'll, what, get this and, and try it out? Probably. Well, I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, you want to try everything once, but right. it, again, it just depends on where your people are and, you know, the, the groups that you follow and the types of content you want. Your second, your second topic is one that's a bit scary. LastPass reveals an employee was hacked through their home computer. Yikes. Yeah, the, the hits just keep coming for LastPass. They've been hacked a number of times, and most recently, they have sort of pieced together and, and formally announced that all of these hacks were a coordinated attack from the same hacker who got access to one of the four employees that actually had all the keys to the kingdom on their home computer from work. Oh. And so this computer was compromised, and all of the keys were taken from that computer. Wow, that's uh, not not very good. And so is there anything that they've said that they're going to do about this besides, you know, confiscating the computer to prevent it from happening in the future? Well, the, the biggest problem is, is that there's always going to be engineers involved in these systems and they have to have access right. to a certain amount of the system. And uh, it, it's kind of mind-boggling that a, a platform that's whole purpose is for security would have yes. such lax security yeah. in this case. Uh, I think it really speaks to the fact that maybe it's time to pass on LastPass. Pun intended on that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's interesting when you look at the fact that at your home computer and everything like that, and you know, one of the staffers and what you're what you're hoping to be able to show people is that that your security is so solid. Yeah, I'll take that home. I'll, I have it, but having the keys just show such a lack of that internal it's kind of like when you work for a broadcaster who handles communications and there's no communications inside one hand doesn't know what the other's doing and that that's your business communication here's your business security and um people are at home getting hacked yeah uh john let's move on to the last item you've got this is the bluetooth fob that uh, turns your smartphone into, and this is fascinating to me, uh, to a satellite messenger. Yeah, with the iOS or um, iPhone 14, we got this uh, ability to send text messages, SOS messages to yes. satellites if you're in a place without any service. Well, now uh, you can actually add this to any phone, uh, Android or iOS from Motorola. They have a, it's a hundred dollar device. And basically what you do is you get this device, you pair it via Bluetooth and it allows you to send those text messages, uh, basically the same style that the Apple, uh, iPhone 14 process has. And, and, um, the, the only difference is you do have to pay a subscription service for this. It's $4.99 US per month, but they actually have a bundle where you can get the device and a year of service for $150 US, which seems pretty good for peace of mind. And if you spend a lot of time in, in places that don't have good cell service, those types of things. Here in Canada, I, I would imagine 
a lot of possibilities, a lot of potential use places where people go. Uh, do you think that they need other countries like the United States where th this may not be, I'm, I'm not saying they don't have mountains and uh, areas, rural areas where, where service is, is a problem, of course, but where do you think this will take off the most, John? Is it a place like Canada? Is it a place, you know, where we have a lot of mountains or, or whatever, um, other countries? Are, are UK and, and, and the United States going to be places where we may not see it move as quickly? I think this will be popular pretty much anywhere because there's lots of places that, that just still don't have cell service. And if you're, you know, if you're on the road a lot and, or you're in the back country, or if you're a camper, um, hiker, any of those types of things, those all are fantastic use cases for this type of device. When you get into trouble, you still have a lifeline. Uh, you take your cell phone nowadays to some of these country places, you just don't have any, any option. And so $100 for peace of mind seems like a pretty good bargain in my mind. Yeah. One of the most unsettling things is that when you don't have cell service, and I often find myself when I don't have cell service in a situation, it's like, what happens if something happens to me in this moment? How will I do that? And we rely so heavily, guys, on our phones that when you don't have have it, you almost just kind of turn and go, oh, my goodness, what do I do now? And so this is great. And even as you pointed out earlier, even in Canada, you do run into these situations where it's like, oh, I'm kind of stuck in no man's land and I have nothing. And I know for me, it can be unsettling when you don't have cell service. And we've seen with the iOS uh, or iPhone 14, it's saved lives having this satellite connectivity. People that have been stuck in you know uh, remote areas with their vehicles, uh, snowmobilers trapped in avalanches, those types of things. And I think, I think as you point out, John, the people who are traveling, who are on the road, they know all those places. Or whether you're on a train or something like that, you know where you get your dropout zones. And if something was to happen, or even if you just want to be able to reach out to someone, send that message saying, oh my gosh, I just remembered. There's no, well, I got to wait another 30, 30 miles before, you know, so I'm in, in range somewhere. Because yeah. some of those gaps are really huge, aren't they? Absolutely. Especially like in Northern Canada, um, definitely huge chunks of the United States and probably lots of other places uh, around the world as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else, John, you want to touch? We've got a wee bit of time, or are you going to tell us uh, a little more about your, your trip down here? Is this more business or pleasure? Are, are you No, here? this is pleasure. Yeah. I've, I'm just oh, uh, visiting my dad in the, in the KW region, and uh, we've had a, a few fun uh, food adventures already and more to come this weekend. Oh, well, we know how everybody is here listening to this show. Any advisement of somewhere you discovered for the first time that people in this area should check out? Uh, uh, we've only been to breakfast so far, so. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, but this is yeah, nice. We're going to have some German food tonight, so. Oh, wow. Well, that's amazing. That's really good. A, a wonderful visit. Brock, you got anywhere you want to send him? There is a place downtown Kitchener. It's called um, Cheese It, and it is full of cheese, and it's just got so much good stuff. It's a little mom-and-pop um, place, and it's so so good their tater tots are unbelievable so check it out you had me at cheese brock ah see uh, uh do you check out that kitchener market too downtown that's a great place to go yeah yes 
that's I, that's I, my wife's favorite place to <laughs> to to go it's it's very it's very good it's it's got lots of good little knickknacks and stuff yeah, always fun sounds stuff. like we might be going there tomorrow yeah. Hey, that's it. Good on Saturday mornings, man. That's the way to enjoy it. John, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you. Have a safe trip and enjoy yourself. Thank you. Take care, guys. John Beeler, of course, with our app update. We do this on Fridays on the program. Always has so much great content. I've been wondering about, as I uh, recently got an iPhone 14, and I was wondering about the SOS, and I knew we had had a, a conversation with John before about it, but I couldn't quite get it in my head. What is SOS? Is that to do with the satellite phone or reaching satellite if you're out of range? So now, Brock, we know. Yes. And uh, like I said, it, it for me, it's one of the more unsettling. But now that I know about that feature, it's something that I can feel a little more comfortable with. As can well, others, you know, I'm sure. would say they'd say you're a city slicker. That's why. But these people who travel, they're used to looking yeah. down. And I've got zero bars here. What's going on? Mm. We'll step aside, ladies and gentlemen. The program continues. Up next, let's get into the Friday buzz. Billy Shackleton joins us. Lots of things always to talk to Bill about. We'll do that right after this upcoming break. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI TV. Are you a student from the disability community? Applying now for the 2023 AMI Scholarship Program. Selected entrances receive a uh, $5,000 bursary and a queen-size temper cloud mattress. Absolutely fantastic. For more information, this is what you got to do. Simply go to ami.ca slash scholarship. Boy, some really great stuff there. Good luck to anybody who uh, wants to register and, and get in on this. Uh, it's tremendous, and there's so many uh, great reasons people give for what this will do, you know, for their lives. We've talked to people on the program about it, and it's just wonderful when you hear their plans, not just what they aspire to, what, what direction they're heading, what they're working on, um, but just how it helps. And we know as persons with disabilities, Brock, it, it helps a lot when you have those little supports that help you get through so many so many things or at least put your mind at rest. I don't yeah. have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about that as I'm worrying about my education and all the things that come with that as a person with a disability. For me, I uh, was lucky enough to get 50% uh, of my schooling uh, covered through Sport Canada, and that's the beautiful thing about uh you know what Sport Canada offers, and I and so grateful for them and what they've what they've done. And I and I heard you yesterday, or a couple of days ago, if not yesterday, talking about what it was like. You know, going through these applications, and it must have just been so hard to uh, give recommendations because I'm sure you could have given reason for every single one of the ones you went through and said this one because of this, that one because of that, and just to narrow it down would be really tough. Yeah, it, it everybody's so deserving, Brock, that making that you know decision or helping trim it down, it, it's heartbreaking. But it's got to be done. And and you know what? You just look and say, wow, these people are going to make a difference as they as they get through their education and move on in the world. And uh, we're darn lucky to have them. Yeah, for sure. One of the great things we're darn lucky to have is Bill Shackleton, who yesterday even delved into a little bit of sports. And I quite enjoyed the conversation, Bill. I'm sad to see what they've done with the radio broadcast, but uh, 
them's the breaks of our business, as they say. Welcome back. Yes, um, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and the reasons why we talked about is basically if they're trying to save money, it's ridiculous. They don't have to do that. They can send the broadcasters out there to the, yeah, to the no. um, away games. <clears throat> and and I really believe truly when you are doing a remote broadcast of a live event, you have to take away something just not physically being in the space of the event itself they can say oh we have x number of screens and yeah there's there's an angle missing somewhere for sure and i just think you know no matter how you want to slice it there's something you're taking away from these wonderful broadcasters by saying to them nope you uh need to do this uh on on from a studio at home in toronto yeah, and especially when all the other big league teams are basically back to normal. Yeah. Yep. It totally screams as a money-saving venture, which is very disappointing. Bill, what else do you got for us today as we never know where you're going to go? You never know where we're going to go. Alicia Kara, among musicians, helping kids phone youth crisis campaign. So the Canadian Press brings us this article. So the, the kids' help phone um, is getting a boost from more than 50 musicians, including Alicia Cara, Melissa Ryder, I think there's a musician called Black and others. And basically, more, more than, um, more than f young people contact this health line more than um, 40 million times since January um, with items such as anxiety, crisis, relationships, um, domestic abuse, suicidal thoughts. Um, and we they're trying to basically expand, um, you know, the service. And mm -hmm. these musicians recorded a song called What I Wouldn't Do, North Star Calling. And hopefully that will boost the profile of the kids' help phone line. You always need some how to boost these campaigns. And in this case, you have to connect with the kids on some level. So, you know, bringing in a musician that they might be familiar with, like Elliot, Alicia Cara and that sort of thing, this is going to help. And when they bring awareness to it, the kids will say, I don't have to feel so ashamed for calling this. I can get the support I need. And that will help them, no doubt. Yeah. And the fact that there's more than 50 artists, and this is a, yeah. not it is video and audio. So they recorded a video, too. Yeah, I think um, it's great because they do so much now and, and everybody can do it off-site, their contribution to it. You know, we go back to Bill, We Are the World and those things in the 80s that were done to, to help and to raise funds as well. Um, but it, I, I think with this helpline, what they noticed through the pandemic is how much use it was. And we've heard, as we've talked about the youth helpline being accessed, being so crucial um, and and ways because a lot of time people you know do you, do you want to make it hard for someone to pick up the phone and call we even heard about texting to say hey I need to speak to somebody as as a means to get a hold of someone to have them call you or or whatever anything that broke down the barrier but I love Brock, uh, Brock Bill the fact that this is Canada wide 
It's so important yeah, yeah. It because is. so many people are in places. This is all they have. It's not sweet. They don't have that guidance counselor. They may not be in school. They may not have that trusted friend that at least they can vent to. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes sometimes you trust in and I put this in a in a specific way, but you, you trust in those you look up to and you look up to the singers, you look up to those people. And so that's the direction you're going to go with this in school. You can say, you know, go to, go to a person you trust, but sometimes in schools, the, the, the people just don't have those individuals they trust and for whatever the reason is. So you have to find in some way, the connection piece, as I said before, and I think this is a brilliant way to do it. Well, they're using their platform, Bill, to make sure yeah. that they they all say, hey, and I'm sure each one of these artists probably has their own story of if I had access to or when I was a teenager, I called the line. So really wonderful. Um, Let's do this one. This is kind of an, <clears throat> a work-related one. Bare Minimum Mondays, latest trends aims to quell work Weak anxiety. This comes from Global News. And basically what the trend is, in, in employees are encouraged to basically ease into the work week. So basically what they're doing, um, and, and, and when I do this, I'm not in favor of this policy at all. I think it's full of flaws, full of holes. But basically, you the deal is that you, you know, if you're worried about all the things you have to do during the week, um, you ease into it by taking it easy on Monday, and then you basically ease into the work week. But there's a couple of things here that that bother me about this. What if you what if you have a four day work week? You only have three. If you ease, take one day to ease in. It only gives you three days to do everything you have to do, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. Here's the other thing: is that a lot of people have things that they don't want to do they put off like maybe it's a phone call to somebody that they know is going to be unpleasant maybe it's a meeting that they have to call that's unpleasant and you know putting it off only makes it worse let's do these mm. things on monday plus a lot of us do not have the luxury of easing in to work we have too many deadlines um too many meetings too much on our plate to do we can't ease in to a, you know, to a work week. So mm -hmm. as good as in theory as this policy is, I think it's, I mean, it's good if you can do it. Yeah. But, but, you know, but I guess, Bill, that would be the same as casual Fridays, taking it easy. I Everybody, guess. you know, if you're booking off early on a Friday to, for, to extend your weekend, is it the day? And we always talk about when during a, a work day are you the least effective? And I think when we look at this four-day work week plan, um, the other days are going to be longer. So if you're still going to have Monday as your kind of ease into it day, you're, you're still looking at having that little extra time Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if that's the way it works. And I know a lot of places just can't do these things. Like, you know, somebody who's got a list of places to go to, somebody picking up sanitation or whatever it might be, is going to have the same kind of workload every day and his buddies uh you know are not gonna hey yeah he's into it go ahead we'll all just take it easy it, it is what it is i i know we talk a lot about who can participate who can't and we're always going to find because some of us will say no man i like you bill you want to get that stuff done you'd rather get to friday and mm -hmm. ah yeah take it easy day versus 
Oh, it's, it's that last day of the week now because I eased in on Monday. I got so much ahead of me to do. Go ahead, Brock. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you just said. I think that Friday is the day where you, if you're going to ease in, then you're going to want to do it on, on Friday. But there are some professions, doctors, paramedics, you know, firefighters, there's no easing in on any day of the week. You never know when there's going to be a call. So for them, I can imagine them listening to a converse, this conversation going, huh, ease in? I don't think so because exactly. any, day of the, any, any day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there could always be something. And so I just think we have to be careful as to when we word things like this, what it looks like to those professions where you, you there's no easing in at all, no matter how you want to slice it. Well, and no. I don't know about it upsetting people the way, as you say, picking the words, being able, if you're lucky enough to be able to do certain things, whether your work shift is a, is works for you, it's still not going to work for another coworker. They're going to say, well, I better, I'm more effective in the evening or overnight or whatever it might be if you work during the day. There's always going to be something, and I think that's where we watch our wordage, as, as you said, Brock, uh, because, Billy, what you pointed out is accurate, just like uh, by the end of the week, what we talk about about Friday. We're not wrong, but again, if there's the open mind to do it, whether it's the company, the individual staffers, and whatever it might be, there are often ways things can work. It's that yeah. how much do we want to do? How important is this now, Billy, versus six years ago when we had a lot more, like this four-day work week thing. People talked about it. Some people have it. It's not like it's new, brand new, only con conceived recently. But other people have not been able to do it, or how serious do we take it? How much do we want it? And that's kind of what our society's about. How much do we want it? How much are we willing to make something work? And recognizing what works for Bill may not work for, for, for Kelly. Right. It's a very interesting thing. Uh, we're really tight on time. Do you want to try squeezing the last one in? Got about a minute well, there's and a, a um, There's a new um, Sniffscape um, pop up in Kitchener where your dog can be a dog. And it's kind of interesting. It has seven rooms, including a plant where a room where dogs can chew, uh, where they can dig. And, you know, dogs don't always get an opportunity to be dogs because they, they don't have an opportunity to do, to dig, to, to sniff, whatever. And basically this, um, this pop up allows a dog, even in winter, you can take your dog there and a dog can be a dog can dig chew, eat, and do what dogs do. And, and I mean, dogs need to do these things. And unfortunately, um, a lot of owners won't let their dogs do it. If you live in a condo or an apartment, you don't have the facility where a dog can dig and to do things that they need. So this will yeah. allow you to, you know, your dog to be a pet and to, you know, that sort of thing. It's very important for dogs to be dogs animals to be animals and i think yep. we look at it and we say well you know this is a pet for us and that's all it is but no it's important for animals to be animals bill thank you so much for doing this greatly appreciate it and we'll talk to you next wednesday talk to you wednesday that's bill shackleton who as i said will join us next wednesday for the next edition of the buzz with bill well, I hope you can hang in with us, folks. We've got another hour of the program as we swing open the gateway to your weekend. So you know this, folks. When we get into the chatty bookshelf, we're going to talk about Overdrive, which has finally removed their app from the app stores. Ryan Huey will get into that. 
Plus, we'll get into conversation recaps and comment on segments from the past week or so on Cut for Time. Up next, though, gardener Susan Kearney gives us part two of plant families and their surprising relatives. Hold on. All that ahead in just a moment on Kelly and Rumya. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. 